Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's going to be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. Church, it's so good to be with you guys. I'm excited to jump in to conclude this series that we have been in on prayer. This is week five. I know it feels like we've been doing this for an eternity, but I told you I felt like the Lord said how important that our church needed to get an understanding on prayer. And today we're, we're, we're going to take it another step. We're going to hear how Jesus teaches us. And in, in before we even jump into all that, you know, I want to say it like this. Prayer in its most vital place is to what? Is to give us a place to become more like him. It's in our prayer life where we become one with God. And it is in our prayer life where we become more like Jesus. It's in our prayer life that we become more filled with heaven uh, so that we can walk here on earth and be uh, as Jesus was. You know, Jesus's invitation to us as his children is that he gave us the same power that he had. And there were certain things that Jesus did. And, and there's a reason why Jesus was who Jesus was. Yes, he was the perfect man. Yes, he was the son of man. But he came in the form of man. He came in flesh. And, and he gives us a roadmap on, on how to be victorious and how to walk in the power in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says like this, you will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with all of your heart, I want to pause right there and, and just say part of the, 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 the thing that gives us power in getting prayers answered is when we come into his presence with complete surrender, when we give him all of our heart. When we walk in total abandonment to, to, to Jesus Christ, when we pray right. I can guarantee you we're living right. And if you're living right, I can almost guarantee you that you're praying right. The right way to pray, excuse me, the right way to pray produces the fruit of the right way of living. And today I want us to look at two different scriptures that happen in Matthew and, and, and Luke. And I'm going to start off in Luke and it reads like this in Luke 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished, one of, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us. Everybody say, Lord, teach us. I'm assuming that you said it in your, your roar house parties. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And I think it's important for us as his people, as his children, for us to get this understanding. Because if the disciples could recognize that they needed to learn how to pray, then we as his disciples in 2020 probably should get this same understanding. And Jesus starts giving them some foundational things, some baseline things, some fundamental things. You know, there's things that I teach my boys when we're outside uh, practicing ball and we're, we're playing ba basketball. And, you know, I I'm big on teaching them the fundamentals. They can learn to do whatever they want. Everybody say baseline. In everything that we do, there's always a baseline. That doesn't mean we stop at the baseline. That just means that it is the foundation of what we're trying to build upon so that we can have a steady and a, and a sturdy foundation. And Jesus here in Luke and again in Matthew shows the Lord's prayer on two different occasions on two different accounts. And there's some things that we need to take away today. In fact, there are seven major things that we need to take away from the Lord's prayer. But we first need to understand this. Prayer is taking us away from our sin, 
dealing with our present and asking guidance for the future. When we are praying, we're getting away from our past so God can deal with our present so that we can trust him to move into the future. And uh, Luke's prayer is in Luke 11, uh, where it references the Lord's prayer. But I want to look at the Lord's prayer in Matthew 6. And it says like this, our father in heaven, which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We all know this and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're getting ready to do today. Father, I thank you for this, this teaching that we're going to jump into. And, and Father, I pray for your guidance. I pray for your wisdom. Uh, in fact, I, I pray right now, Lord, that you give us um, just confidence here in this, this moment. I pray that every ear is unlocked, every mind is unlocked for the words that you have for us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Can somebody shout, it's time to learn about prayer. Time to learn about prayer. And, and what I just read to you in Matthew 6 and 9 was the King James Version. And I'm going to reference between the King James Version a lot and, and the, the NIV Version. But I think the first understanding that we've got to get in the Lord's Prayer, that when Jesus was teaching it, this was not how Jesus prayed. This right here is one of those major things that separates often many denominations because they said, this is how the Lord prayed. That's not how the Lord prayed. This is how the Lord talked. And he was teaching this as a baseline that, hey, when you come into prayer, these are some things that you should do. This is where you should go. This, you know, if you don't have anything else to say, say this right here to let this be a reference. Let this be a roadmap in how you want to get into my presence. In fact, in every account that we see throughout scripture, we never see Jesus pray this prayer other than when he's teaching it. So even though we call it the Lord's prayer, this was the Lord's teaching really of how we are to pray. Our Father, which are in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing that we need to understand in point one today is he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father. That word right there, our Father, means that he is already above us and we are the sonship to him. That means this word Father is a relational word. It's not somebody that's far off. It means that's somebody that's near us. If I call you Father, if I call you Daddy, if I call you those type of things, it's because I have a relationship with you. I am out of respect honoring the position that you have over my life. I recognize that you're not just God, but you are God the Father. And I have relationship with you. And because I have a relationship with you and I acknowledge you as Father, that means that I should be able to trust you. Mark 14, 36 even takes it a step farther and, uh, farther and says, not farther, but farther. And Mark 14, 36 says, Abba, Father. Abba indicates daddy. 
So now it's coming into another, even a closer relationship, more intimate. And one thing that I have found out about intimacy is that intimacy only comes out of a relationship. So when you're praying to God, you're not just praying to somebody far off. You're praying to a God that is our father out of a relationship, out of communication, out of conversation. Jesus gave us a key to power when he said, Father, when we can cry out to Father, when we can cry out to our daddy, we should know that he will come and rescue us. Point number two says, our father, where at? In heaven. He's not the father that's here on earth. He's not the father that you have dealt with. He is not the father that has abandoned you. He's not the father that has hurt you. He's not the father that has, has done all these things to you, but he is the father that reigns in heaven. He is our heavenly father and our father in heaven will not hurt us he does not condemn us he does not shame us but he forgives us and gives us grace and gives us mercy come on somebody shout that we have the opportunity to pray to the father in heaven not to the father on earth I'm not praying to my dad, Rick Shepherd, although he's a great man, there's times in my life that he has failed me. And I'm not saying that negatively because I know my children have looked at me and said the same things. There are certain times that dad has just failed me. Why? Because we are men, we are man. And man will always fail you at some point in time. That's why I tell our church, don't put your trust in me. Don't put your trust in, in a pastor as that is your leader and just that's the end of all. Yes, we want you to trust us. Yes, you, we want you to trust this church. But at the end of the day, your rock solid faith has to be in Jesus Christ, not in Anthony Shepherd. Because I don't put my trust in you. I put my trust in the Father. The Father in heaven, the one who sits above us, the one who is in power. He is not a God that is here on earth, but he is the God that is in heaven. It goes on and says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name means that we as people should be echoing praises giving him honor hallow the name means that we are giving him an inward attitude but it's an outward action when i hallow something i am echoing something when i hallow something i am praising something and that something is the beginning of what we just talked about our father my dad which is in heaven praises be your name glory be your name Hallow means to give glory, that he is the one that is, is glory. He is the one that is holy. And, and you could also read it like this. Our father in heaven, holy is your name. Holy is the name of the father. Not failure is the name of the father. Not, uh, not rebuker is the name of the father, but he is holy and we must understand. That's why I said prayer is serious business. We just can't come at God with everything because the truth of the matter says in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. When we come to pray, we are coming to pray to dad in heaven, but we are coming to pray to a holy God. 
And we must approach this holy God as we're in prayer with prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of, of, of sacrifices of praise. In fact, it says it like this in Psalms 104, it says, enter his gates. Before you even get into the place, you must enter the gates with thanksgiving in your heart and give the Lord praise before he even does anything. That's why we do what we do here at Roar Church. Oftentimes we'll get emails. This, this church is so crazy. There's so many people that all they're about the hype, you know, in the parking lot, they're trying to live this facade. It's not that we're trying to live a facade. We're trying to do what scripture tells us to do. That we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart and enter his courts with praise. So all of our teams, all of our Roar Crew teams, that's why you see in the parking lot, the attenders are smiling. They're, they're, they're giving you, you know, hey, how are you? We love you. It's so good to be here. That's why we have music blaring in our parking lot because we are creating an atmosphere for the miraculous so that we can start entering into God's presence. We are giving him praise. We are echoing the name of Jesus and echoing the name of Jesus often means how we treat people. He said we are to treat and love our brothers and sisters. We are to celebrate over you. We sing songs over you, God. And so when we're coming into God's presence, we begin to sing songs of praise. We begin to give honor. We're not coming into church. Oh man, I gotta go to church again. <laughs> I kind of sounded like it. What's it, Elmer Fun? Oh, now that sounded like Bobo or... But when we come into his presence, we come with thanksgiving in our heart. We come to become cheerful so that when we enter his, his, his holy place, that we are giving honor to what and who he is. Before we ask of anything, we are giving him praise. It's with gladness in our heart with appreciation of this holy God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I, I, I honestly wanna say it like this, our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Even though hallow means all that stuff that I just talked about, giving him praise, echoing and all that, but it also means holy is your name. Holy is the name of Jesus. Point number four, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This part, thy kingdom, which represents your kingdom, not my kingdom. When I'm praying to God, I'm saying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, not my kingdom, it's your kingdom come, your will be done. What I am saying in that moment is I am, I am asking for your ways above my ways. I am trying to crucify my flesh so that I can get your flesh, so that I can get your understanding. I am in this moment trading my sorrows for your, for your joy. I'm trading my sickness for your health. I'm trading these things that we've got to crucify ourselves at the cross in exchange for your wants over my wants so that we can live in a place that we talked about last week, dunamis power. It wasn't until they prayed that they were filled with boldness. And for us to live in the dunamis power, we've got to come to a place of giving him reference and giving him honor and so that we will trade our wants for his wants. It sounds easy. But I can tell you, this right here is one of the most hardest things 
in our Christian walk. We all know what's right biblically, but we often choose not to do it. I was reading uh, 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 an article and listening to a message about three or four weeks ago, and this is just coming to my mind, so I pray that I, I can remember it. But basically, the, the message went like this. Our brain waves create tracks, and it's tracks of enjoyment. And even when it's wrong, in our natural, it feels right. And so what ends up happening is, is in these moments where we're trying to get his will for our will, if it doesn't bring pleasure to our soul, we're often quick to stay away from it. But I can just tell you, it's the pleasures of this world that will lead us down dark roads if we don't get the Father's heart. We've got to get his power. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We must trade our wants for his wants. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The only way that I can do the Father's will is when I begin to pray to the Father. Point number five goes on to say like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right here. Give us today what? Our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. What the Lord is trying to get us an understanding is, is that we have to be dependent on God's presence every single day of our life. We cannot live off of yesterday's touch. We can't come to the Lord and say, fulfill me for today so that I'll never have to seek your face tomorrow or the next day or the next day. In fact, there's a couple ways I want us to look like or look at this. And in Exodus 16 and four, God tells Moses that each morning bread will rain down from heaven to feed the children of Israel who are hungry they are only to collect as much bread as they need for that day and keep none of it for the next day what he was trying to teach them in that moment was he does not want you to get so fulfilled in that moment that you don't choose to seek him the next day the Lord is a jealous God he is somebody that's after for after relationship as I was talking about at the beginning for us to understand him as father means I have to be in a relationship with him and if I'm in a relationship with him then that means I have to speak to him constantly and I have to fill up on what the Lord is saying every single day of my life. Yes, we need saving, but it is our mind that needs a saving every single day. Every day we should be filling up on God's daily bread. Every day we should be praying. Every day we should be worshiping. Every day we should be singing songs of, of gladness. Every day we should be singing songs of love and rejoicing over the Lord because Zebaniah 3.17 says, for the Lord your God is in your midst. He's the mighty one. That as you're singing to him, that he is actually singing songs over us. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a certain way when I, when I read, give us today our daily bread because I want to entertain God's presence and have him near me every day of my life he wants us to come to him each day he wants us to come back to the place 
of visiting the cross of redemption so that we can pin our sin, so that we can pin our failures to that thing and start our day fresh and new. He doesn't want you to live to your cross because Jesus paid it all, but he also rose from that cross. And he, what, what he wants us to do is to pin our shame, pin, our, pin our, 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 our failures to that thing so that we can keep pressing on into his presence. We've got to crucify ourselves every single day. And I don't mean crucified as I need to walk in shame every day. I failed. I messed up. I did all this. And, uh, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying come to God the Father. Come to your daddy. And just tell him, hey, man, I'm, 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 I'm messed up. Uh, quite frankly, I don't, I don't understand how you use me. But the truth of the matter is, is I'm, I'm honored, I'm humbled. But God, I can't be used unless you fill me up today. I know we, we saw great miracles yesterday, but today's a new day. You've, you, you've got to pray this understanding that the Lord will become our bread every single day. The other way we can look at it is bread is also our finances. The bread is also what keeps us alive in this earthly realm. Give us this day, our daily money. Mm, come on now, somebody. One thing that I've learned about being a church planner over this last year, I had a conversation with somebody um, at a soccer field um, a couple days ago, actually. And I said, you know, the crazy part about this is, as wild as this is gonna sound, I've actually come to love it how fully dependent I am that God has to meet our needs every single week. Yes, I look forward to when our church is bringing in 20 and 30 and 40 and $50,000 a week, but we just ain't there yet. Because we're not there yet, I am fully dependent on God. And in that, our intercessors are constantly crying out. Our church is constantly in prayer that God will increase and bring us the right people for financial breakthrough, for stability. But it's because the reason why we're able to do what we're doing and we're still standing after everything Roar Church has been through is because we constantly come to God the Father for daily bread and nourishment. Because if not in the natural, we would probably walk away. In the natural, I hear everybody say, hey, Pastor Anthony, you're crazy. Pastor Brittany, you're crazy. You guys are nuts. You guys are doing an online church now. You guys are filming every week. Isn't that, doesn't that tire you out? Doesn't that just discourage you? No, it doesn't discourage me. You want to know why it doesn't discourage me? Because I am filled in his presence every morning. Every morning I wake up, I grab my phone, I put on some worship music and I begin to align my heart with heaven. I don't want to walk in the natural of Anthony Shepherd. I know who he was 20 years ago. So I never want to become that person. We have to become completely dependent on the Holy Spirit, on Jesus Christ to provide for us. Give us this day our daily bread. Point number six, and forgive us. C.S. Lewis says it like this, forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something that needs forgiveness. <laughs> Forgiveness is, is easy to preach about. 
until you got to bear that cross. And let me just say it like this. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. And, but the truth of the matter is forgiveness isn't about healing others. It's about healing yourself so that you can affect others. You can't affect anybody if you're not healed. And can I just pause a second and just tell you this? There have been things in my life that have really, really, man, they, they've hurt me. Uh, and th there's times where I honestly think, man, I must be crazy. And I'm, I am crazy when I get out of God's presence. But it's in God's presence that forgiveness and healing takes place. I, I want to prophetically speak over somebody. You, you've been dealing with something that you thought you should be walking and forgiveness to the utmost right now. Healing is a process. You may go through a season where you are praying this for four, five, six, seven, eight years, but I can promise you the more that you give God praise, the more the thing that is trying to be a thorn in your flesh will die. In the King James Version, the Lord's Prayer asked us, God, to forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors the people that owe us something. Debts is our sin. The debtors is the people that, that, that have done us wrong. But to put it real clear, Jesus in this statement is referring to our sins and forgive us of our sins. So Jesus is trying to teach the disciples here in Matthew that when you come to me, you come to me recognizing that I'm the father you come to me recognizing that I'm the Father in heaven. You better come to me knowing uh, that not only am I the Father in heaven, but I am a Father that is holy in heaven. And that we need to align with His kingdom over my kingdom, His ways over my ways. And that when we align with that, we need to get filled up on the endless possibilities of who Jesus Christ is. And then after we do all that, finally, forgive us of our debts. As we also forgive those who have hurt us. We must forgive others. There is no way around this. Jesus is looking at his disciples. He knew that there would be an occasion where they would have people that they just didn't get along with or where things would come across them that would create an offense. But the Lord says that you have to walk in forgiveness in order for you to be forgiven. It's a daily thing. The nourishment to our body comes when we feed off of Jesus every single day. Point number seven, and this is the end of it. After he's forgiven us, we're asking him to lead us. And not just lead us, but it's out of the trust of what we said at the beginning, knowing that he is our father. Because you are my father, 
because you are in heaven, because holy is your name, I will praise you, I will honor you. I'm acknowledging your ways above my ways, but I'm now in a place where I'm going to trust you to lead me not into failures, not into temptation, not into deceit. But we are trusting him to lead us in his ways. We need God's help because we're often tricked by the devil into making the wrong choices of life. But that's, those wrong choices often happen because we have chosen to forget about prayer. And we make decisions in the natural rather than making decisions in the supernatural. Deliver us from evil. Is it meaning that God's delivering us from point A to point B? Let me tell somebody, God is not your Uber driver. Instead, God is our rescuer. God is our defender. God is the one that will set us free from sin and the evil over our lives. For that's, why, that's why I love the King James Version because it goes on a little bit more. It says, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Period. He's leading us to live to a place of prosperity. He's leading us to live to a place of power. He is leading us to live to a place of glory. But my question is, is are you willing to do what he's asking us to do? Are you willing to, to abandon your ways for his ways? Our will has to be killed so that Jesus can take the wheel. If we're asking him to lead us, then that means my hand is in his hand and he's taken me. But the only way that he can take me is if my heart comes into a place of surrender. You know, one of the, the, my favorite scriptures is says, which of the fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Oftentimes we do not have what we want because we have not came to God in prayer and asked him for these things. John 17, the whole chapter of John 17. You want to know how Jesus prayed? Read John 17. The Lord's prayer was instructional. That's not necessarily how he prayed, but there are key things on how he was saying he prayed because it's amazing. You can look through John 17 and I'm just going to summarize it like this. And it says that there's one thing that we can take away from John 17 in this chapter. Jesus goes from a place of praying for himself to praying for his disciples, then praying for others. Why am I saying this? Because it is so important that you get yourself right before you can try to infect anybody else. 
You hear me say this all the time. The revival that we want to see has to first start with me. It doesn't start with you. It starts with me. If everybody would get this understanding, I promise you we would see more change, not only in our churches, but in our country. Change has to start here. Change has to start in my heart so that I can affect the ones that are closest to us. You can't reach outwardly and get an inward change. You can only reach inwardly to get an outward change. I want to say that again. You can't reach outwardly and get an inward change. You can only reach inwardly to get an outward change. That means we've got to take care of self. Change the heart. And he'll change the person. And that's what prayer does. That's what fasting does. I said this uh, either the last week or the week before. Prayers are not moving God towards me. Prayers are moving me towards God. According to James 4 and 8. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And here in a moment... We're going to sing this song and I want us to sing this song and with every person standing to their feet right now. Can we just tell the Lord, here I am, God. Here I am, Jesus. Change what's on the inside of me. Change what's in the inside of me so that I can be who you've called me to be to change the world. But in order for me to change out there, I need to first change in here. I need to recognize that you're my father. You're my Lord. You're my savior. And that you're the father in heaven. And holy, holy is the name of the Lord. It's your kingdom that I'm after. Not after this earth. Not after this world. I'm after your kingdom, God. Give me today your daily bread. Give me today a touch from you. Give me today your presence like never before. And forgive me, Father. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me so that I can walk in wholeness and preach the gospel with a pure heart and no motives. And when I do that, God, I'm praying that my hand comes off the wheel and that your hand comes onto the wheel to lead me to where you have. We thank you in Jesus. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords, Roar Give to 77977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help and this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us and we'll see you later.